Well, good evening, Family Church, uh, Gospel and Bridgemary and any other congregation um, and visitor that may be watching tonight. We just want to make you feel really welcome. Uh, if you're catching up during the week, um, brilliant. And I trust that the Word of God will just fall into the good ground of your heart tonight. I've got a couple of things to mention. Firstly, um, Pastor Andy's new book, Soul Winner. Um, I've been reading uh, through it. I've not got all the way through yet, but I've been reading it. And I trust that you've got your free copy. If you haven't got your free copy yet, uh, you can still ask for one. Uh, it's going to be one per household. Uh, but we would love to get this into the hands of everybody in Family Church um, and everybody in, in Family Church Gospel and Bridgemary. We would love you to have one of these um, so that you can read it, not to put on your bookshelf like mine, but to put it in your heart so that we can be out there winning the souls for the Lord. You know, he who wins souls is wise. So let's take this as an opportunity. Let's allow the seed um, that Pastor Andy, uh, the word of God that Pastor Andy's put in this book and his experience as an evangelist, um, let's let's glean, let's put it in our heart and uh, make sure you get hold of this book. That would be fantastic. Also, uh, next Sunday night is um, our uh, refocus evening where you know, right the way back, I think it was in maybe May, April, May time, we did a refocus night uh, where we all got together in all locations and um, we come together um, for an evening where we refocus, we talk about some of the things that have been happening, we share some updates from us as local congregational pastors and we would love for you next Sunday night to join us for our next refocus evening at 8pm. Uh, Pastor Andy and, and Gina and, and Pastor Stu and, and Carla will all uh, be in the central office and we will be in our different locations um, and just catching up together. So we would love for you to be a part of that too. And finally, we have the Word of God that we're bringing together tonight. And um, as you would have been following over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit, where uh, Paul the Apostle is teaching the, the church in Galatia, but not just the church uh, in Galatia, but all the churches, um, because those letters were shared amongst themselves. But this was directed to the church in Galatia. And Paul is teaching them because there was so much, um, so much depravity in, in the area. He, and, and they were going back to the things that they had once come out from. Paul is teaching them this is the way of the Spirit of God in your life. If you yield to the Spirit of God, you can begin to see these things outworked in your life. And I don't know about you, but I've so enjoyed going through the book of Galatians, um, the book of Galatians, uh, as in the fruit of the Spirit. And tonight we're on number nine, the ninth fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. Now, don't turn off. I know self-control is one of the, the toughest ones, if you like, of, of the fruit of the Spirit. But it's actually probably one of, or if not, the most needed in our world, in our generation, in our time in life. I'd like to share with you this great prayer. You may want to just quickly write this prayer down because um, I'd encourage you to pray this each day. It goes like this. Dear Lord, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, lost my temper, been nasty, greedy, overbearing, selfish, or needed to use self-control. I'm really glad I've accomplished these things 
on my own. But in a few minutes, Lord, I'm going to have to get out of bed. And from that point on, I'm going to need all the help I can get from you. Amen. You may well identify with that prayer that all the time you're in bed, you're doing pretty well. All the time that you're perhaps in your home, you do pretty well. But what does life draw out of you that may lead you down a wrong path or do things in a wrong way? We need self-control, active and effective in our lives. Self-control can be a real struggle for many of us. Um, it can go from the, a lack of self-control, which if we go down the wrong path can have far-reaching consequences in our life. It could cause you to be sacked from your job. It could cause you to be um, sick and ill. It could cause you to lose a ministry position. There's many things that a lack of self-control can affect, but it can affect not only your life. A lack of self-control can also affect the lives of others. So self-control affects many areas of life, from eating um, or, or driving saying stupid things that have negative consequences to controlling our temper, um, things like our attitudes and our habits in life. Having self-control is so vitally important. And that's why we're teaching on it tonight. So if you've got your Bible with you, I have mine here, but I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. And I haven't got a Passion Translation Bible, so it's written down here. In Galatians chapter 5, Verse 22 and 23, we've read this over and over again. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue or goodness, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit or self-control. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. That is so, so powerful. If you want to measure up the maturity of your spiritual journey, have a look at Galatians chapter 5 and see where you measure in the fruit of the spirit. And it will show you, it will reveal to you the level of the spiritual maturity in your life. Aristotle said this once, I count him braver who overcomes his desires than him who conquers his enemies. For the hardest victory is the victory over self. Interesting, because the battle that goes on between our ears, in our mind, pushing us and, and stretching us, and, and if it's not kept in control, dominating our life. The word translated self-control comes from the word strength and it means one who holds himself in. I love that definition. Self-control is one who holds himself in. To be self-controlled is not to live in bondage or to the desires or the passions or the appetites of the flesh. Or having a mouth that runs away without restraint. I wonder how many of us have heard the saying, My body is a good servant, but a miserable 
master. The truth is, because we live in the world around us that is affected by by society and it's polluted by the loose morals of our world, the value systems of our world, it's so easy to become conformed to the image of this world, to drop our morals, to allow the system around us to affect and water down to the point where perhaps the walls, those areas that we were pillars in our life, we've allowed those pillars to be broken down. What do I mean by the pillars or the walls broken down? Listen to this in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. 28. Like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self-control over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. You may know someone like this right now. That they're, they're, they, they, they're living in a, in, a, in a life where they have no protection, they have no guard, they have no boundaries. They, they speak before they think. Proverbs here is saying, Solomon is saying, is like a man who has no self-control over his spirit and he sets himself up for trouble. I'm going to read it from another translation, 20, Proverbs 25, 28. A person without self-control is like a house without doors and windows with them knocked out. Self-control is vital for the journey of our life. It is absolutely vital that we as believers walk with a greater level self-control can you imagine every thief every burglar every opportunist would visit your home they would look at it they would see there's no windows no doors and every undesirable would have access to your home without self-control we allow all sorts of areas that are negative to our journey to have access to our life when we don't when we don't walk in a level of self-control. Self-control is a vital fruit or quality that is ours because the Spirit of God now lives in us. If we don't allow the Spirit, or we don't yield to the things of the Spirit, if we don't say, Holy Spirit, would you would you fill me, would you enable me to walk in in this self-control that you've possessed, that you've given to me, that I'm a possessor of. If we don't yield to the things of God, we will yield to the cravings of the flesh. It happens. It may happen in your life. It may happen in my life. But those who you yield yourself to, you'll become a servant of. For some, that may be binging on food. Maybe it's an area in the area of eating you have pleasure maybe you have comfort eating maybe because of uh, conditions that you you have less self-control when it comes to food but that also could be in the region of sleep you know you have enough sleep but you just like chilling out and having that lazy moment where you just stay in bed longer than you should and then there's a rush to get off to work or a rush to do the daily things that you'd be involved in. For somebody else, it could be work. You're 
You're addicted to work. You, you're, you have no self-control. You don't know when to put things down and walk away and come back to it another day. Others, it may be TV. TV was very much a part of my life where I had no self-control. It controlled my life. I watched anything, everything, all day, every day. If, it, if there was a, 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 a sporting tournament, I would start watching the tournament and I would watch it as many hours as possible to the very end. I had very little self-control in the area of TV. So what did I do? I got rid of it 27 years ago and it's not bothered me since. You may have an issue of self-control when it comes to sport or weightlifting or um, energetic aerobics, whatever it is. If it begins to control where you can't put it down, you're exercising a lack of self-control. It could be in the area of drinking or spending or shopping or sex. The list can keep going and you can add your dot, dot, dot to whatever it is, because whatever is controlling you or where you don't have self-control, that's the area that is having ascendancy in your heart. John Maxwell writes this, in reading about the lives of great people, I have found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Before, sometimes before we can see a victory, before we can um, overcome a mountain in our life, we've got to deal with the area of our heart or our mind that has a lack of self-control in, in dealing with some of the things around us. I love this scripture and I've used it over and over again. In Proverbs chapter 4, let me read it from the Bible here. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse... 23 4 verse 23 says keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life and then it goes on put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips from you look straight ahead above all else guard your heart self-control guards your heart listen to this back in the in the 60s, there were tests for four-year-olds that were to were developed to register a child's self-control. And it was called the marshmallow test. And children were given a marshmallow and they were told that they could eat it anytime they wanted to. But if they waited for 15 minutes, they could have another marshmallow. Well, these studies were followed up several years later and the results revealed that those who were self-controlled seemed to be doing much better in life. That's a simple test for a, for a four-year-old. What would be the test of self-control in our lives? And how well would we pass that test? The fact is, self-control has massive implications on our health, on our social skills, on our relationships, on our habits, and on many other daily activities. And I love, I absolutely love the book of Proverbs because there is so much wisdom that Solomon gave and, and is applicable today as what it was the day he wrote it. And it includes words of wisdom, but also it talks over and over again about self-control. And I just want to give you four areas 
of being in self-control. I'm going to put it this way. Uncontrolled this, that or the other. Uncontrolled spending. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. Precious treasures and oil are found where the wise live, but a foolish man devours them. In other words, a foolish man who has no self-control devours them. Uncontrolled ambition. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4. Do not overwork yourself just to become wealthy. Have enough sense to know when to quit. Have enough sense to apply self-control in your life. Uncontrolled drinking. Proverbs 29, uh, 23, verse 29 and 30. Some people drink too much wine. They try out all the different kinds of drinks, so they have trouble. They are sad, they fight, they complain. They have unnecessary bruises and they have bloodshot eyes. Uncontrolled drinking. How about this one? Uncontrolled anger. Proverbs 29, 11 says, A short-sighted fool always loses his temper and displays his anger. But a wise man uses self-control and holds it back. Those moments when you get cut up in your journey to work and, and or you're driving along and there's a there's an idiot driver. It's so easy to lose control. But this the Bible is talking about maintaining self-control, holding oneself in. I just love that definition. Then there's the uncontrolled mouth. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 18. Lying about and slandering people are as bad as hitting them with a club or wounding them with an arrow or stabbing them with a sword. That's so powerful that when we have an uncontrolled mouth, that we're not walking in self-control. We have an uncontrolled mouth and we start speaking lies and slander about people. It's as bad as hitting them with a club or stabbing them with a sword. Church, we need to walk with greater levels of self-control. And I just want to share a particular scripture tonight that I believe really emphasizes this area of self-control. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 to 27, it says, Do you not know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. No one ever, sorry, now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. Therefore, do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one who beats the air. <clears throat> Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself may not be disqualified. Paul here is talking to the Corinthian church. <coughs> And he's explaining to them that they need to have a self-controlled life. If you know anything about the, the Corinthian church, you know that there was such a lack of self-control in the, in the Corinthian church. It was, it was a mess. And he was saying, look, if you want to see, if you want to experience the things of God, there's got to be an element of self-control in your life. So we're going to look 
at what the Apostle Paul is teaching here. And I, there are five areas of self-control that I really want to home in in this particular verse. So the first one is this, a self-control life has positive goals. If you're making notes, title number one, a self-controlled life have has positive goals. So we're going to take verse 24. In a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. You know that, don't you? So run in a way that you will get the prize. He's saying set yourself some positive goals. Run in a way that you will get the prize. In our Christian lives, in our personal lives, in our, as our individual lives, let's run this race, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Let's run this race as if we're going to win the prize. What did Paul turn around and say in Second uh, Timothy? I have kept the faith. I have run the race. There is now a crown laid up in heaven for me. Why he had run. He had run with purpose. He had run with, with an awareness of what he was called to do. He had set goals. He had ambitions. He had desires to reach areas with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to set some positive goals. The aim or the purpose of the athlete is to, number one, run the race to win or to do a personal best or to break the world record. The prize or the position, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> The prize or the position is the motivation for the athlete to undergo the discipline and the training, the cold mornings, the long runs. It's that training. It's that mindset. It's that focus. It's that blinkering in our life saying, I'm not going to I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be taken off track. I'm going to be focused on the things that I am called to do and the self-controlled life. One of the reasons I believe that we struggle sometimes with a lack of self-control is because we don't have goals, dreams or desires that we're reaching for. We're just aimlessly going around life, just doing life. We're not in hot pursuit. We're not forgetting all other things. I'm pressing towards the mark. We're just going through the motions very often. We don't have goals and dreams. You know, if you have, if you made a goal or a dream or a desire tonight, I'm, I'm going to read the Bible. In I'm going to read it in a year, and I know many of you have already done that and and do it as a a yearly Bible program. But it takes some self control to be able to do that. Setting aside a certain amount of time every day, and then if you miss a day, having the self control to do the catch up that you'd need. Maybe we just need to build some goals into our life. Maybe before the year is out. Maybe after tonight, you need to set yourself some goals. Spiritual, natural. Maybe that is to lose some weight. Maybe that is to, to, to um, increase some finance in your life. Whatever that would be, you know what that means in your life. But you need to set some goals between now and the end of the year. Maybe a financial goal. That could include investing or becoming debt-free or owning your own home. That is a, a desire Jane and I have had for many years that we, if, if paying our mortgage off 
naturally speaking, would take us to 70 years. But we've been working hard in trying to get that before that time. Why? Because I don't want to be paying my mortgage off at 70. I want to be paying it off much earlier. Maybe I should set some bigger goals or greater goals or look into it in a bigger and, and, and more strategic way to find more income streams perhaps into my life. Maybe I need to write a book if I had the time or had the ability. Health related goals. Exercising, shedding a few pounds, going to the gym, having a better diet. You know, I, I got one of my baggy sh shirts on tonight. I'm putting weight on. I've got to get out and do some walking. I've got, I've been telling myself that for weeks. I need to exercise some self-control that when Jane brings in my chocolate digestives with my hot chocolate in the evening, I have three, not five. Oh, I do like my chocolate digestives. Though. But if we want to live healthier, and set some goals down, we've got to be disciplined to follow those things through and having self-control. If we want marriage-related goals, perhaps that's spending better time, quality time together, better, deeper communication, or doing things together, we've got to make time. Therefore, perhaps self-control needs to affect all the other areas of our life to enable that to happen. Maybe for you, it's a business-related goal. That's maybe stepping into the unknown or starting a new venture, using the wisdom of God, using self-control to make sure you're doing it at the right time, not in the spare of the moment. Or maybe there's a church-related goal. Spend more time with God, more time in his word, more time in prayer or worship, more time perhaps getting on a team when we come back to church. Maybe you've missed church so, so much that you can't wait to get back so that you can serve because you've missed church so much. Who knows? Whatever your goals are, we need to set them for our spiritual life. If you're married, for your married life, for your business, for, for your, your employment, for your health, your fitness, for your finance. We need to set goals in our life. Just like the runner, there's the goal of winning the prize. If there's no prize, if there's no goal, we don't know what we're reaching for. We won't know We won't know when we've got there. Number two, just looking at the time, I'm going to have to race through these. Self-control, a self-controlled life involves discipline. Verse 25, now everyone who competes exercises self-control, not just in running on in the street, not just in his food, but in everything, once an athlete knows the prize he longs to win, whether that's a gold medal at the Olympics or whether it's the first running race that he's ever done, he begins to train and prepare himself for the day of the competition. His focus is there. If he's a runner, he doesn't just exercise his legs, but every part physically. Um, and But also he disciplines his lifestyle. The Bible says he exercises self-control in his whole self, in everything. It includes his diet, his sleeping patterns, his social habits, his mental state, his physical discipline. We need to work on every area and allow ourselves to, to, to have control rather than being out of control. Keeping ourselves in is a powerful thing to do. So have we set goals 
are we reaching for the prize, a better marriage, a business, a health um, and, and strength in our life? Are we doing these things? Number three, a self-controlled life demands focus. In verse 25, however, they receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. Therefore, do not run like one who runs aimlessly. You know, just just running along, not really looking where he's going, not really caring about the race. You can't run aimlessly or box like one who beats the air. We've got to have focus. We need to be focused on our goals because once we're focused on the goals, it gives us that advantage, that self-control brings, starts to bring things together so that, that we're no longer being distracted. We're no longer looking um, to other things. We are focused on the thing before us. And that, an athlete has little trouble saying no to the things that will stop him moving closer to his goal. We need to say no to the things that stop us getting closer to our goal. You know, you, if you want to read the Bible in a year, you can't spend three hours a day watching a TV. It's just not going to happen, unless you've got all the time in the world, of course. Staying focused on the goal makes self-control much easier. Number four, a self-controlled life includes the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. Paul says in verse 27, instead, I discipline my body my, and bring it under self-control or bring it under control. God's word is the measure by which our actions are determined. And as we bring our lives in line with the word of God, we bring control to our inner being. There are days that an athlete won't want to get up and train. There are days that he's had enough of, of pounding the streets day after day. It's like a boxer, you know, when they're training for a fight. That, those, those three months building up for a fight, that, that's intense. And then there's moments when they wouldn't want to get out of bed again because they're exhausted. There are days they don't feel like training. There are days when they doubt their ability and, and, and their ability to outperform their opponent. But we can't allow those things, just like when you're trying to overcome a temptation or you're over, trying to overcome um, a, 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 f a fractured area of your life where sometimes you seemingly lose control. When you're dealing with those areas, don't let defeatism to take control. Allow self-control to overcome defeatism in your life. Listen to this. Remember what, what this quote says. I count him braver who overcomes his desires than him who conquers his enemies. For the hardest victory is the victory over self. I'm sure I'm not just speaking about myself. I'm sharing and speaking to your heart, to your life and to your struggles as well. And then number five. A self-controlled life means total submission to the coach and the coach's training plan the holy spirit is our coach and his words in our heart enables us and compels us to keep going forward Ah, oh, we may trip up before you know uh, it's like a hurdle a hurdling um race 
You may trip up at the first hurdle, but do you know what? The coach is there. Come on, get up, get up. You can do it. Just keep running. And you pick yourself up and, and you go over the next hurdle and you go over the next hurdle. I can imagine that, that the coach running alongside. You can do it. You can do it. The Holy Spirit in you is calling your name. You can do it. You can do it. You can beat it. You can overcome it. You can. You can. Don't listen to the icons. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The coach lives on the inside of your life. Every athlete who exceeds, excels does so because he is completely submitted to the voice of the coach and the training pattern of the coach. The only way that you and I are going to live a real self-controlled life is when we totally surrender to God and we allow the Holy Spirit to have control. The Holy Spirit is the coach on the inside of every believer. He's cheering us on when we begin to struggle. He's encouraging us when we feel at times there's no point carrying on. He's whispering the directions when we don't know which way to turn. The Holy Spirit is our coach. He teaches us. He trains us. He corrects us. He encourages us when we listen and adhere to his coaching and to his plans. I believe that number five is so vital to each and every one of our lives as we yield to him, as we yield our lives to the coach and his plan. These nine fruits or qualities, are the, are, 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 you know, these fruit, <laughs> not the fruits, the fruit of the spirit. And what that fruit does in our life is a result of allowing them to work in us. They're not us working them up. They're not us trying to achieve them. It's not about us. It's about what he can do in us. And as we yield to him and as we allow him to work in us, we will become fruit bearers in our life. Our part is yielding. Yielding to him. You know, that fruit on the, the vine we are the branch and what comes out of our life is the fruit of the Spirit. It's a beautiful plan that God had. When we are connected to him, what's in him becomes in us and what's in us will flow from us, which is the fruit of the Spirit of God living and abiding in our heart. I trust that you've enjoyed these teachings on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I trust that it won't be just a teaching, but it will become a reality that each one of us will live a self-controlled life with our food, with our driving, with our mouth, with our whatever it would be, you can add to that. But we have everything that we need. The Bible says we have everything that pertains to life and godliness through our connection to him. I trust that the fruit of the Spirit in this teaching has been a real blessing to you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to pray um, for anyone that may be today wanting to know Jesus more or that you may be saying, Lord, help me. I need self-control. I need control. I need to take back control of some of these areas in my life. Let's pray together right now. Father, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice, whenever they may be listening, that you, Father, would reveal yourself, that the fruit of the Spirit may become so apparent in our life, that as we yield to you, Lord God, that the fruit that you produce in our life will become evident to those around us. I pray for each one, Lord, for those who are believers, that we would be strengthened in, in the knowledge of these truths. For anyone that doesn't know you, Lord God, I pray for a, reve a revealing of your heartbeat to their life, that you came not to condemn the world, but that they may know you and be saved in this world, that they would acknowledge you as Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Make sure that you're yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing the fruit of the Spirit in all nine aspects to flow from you and through you and to those around about you. God bless you.